It was at this moment that he knew. Damn, son, where'd you find this? So just do it! Make your dreams come true! Just do it! You are now listening to the world's most popular, inaccurate, and sometimes squirreled retelling of pop culture history. It's Podcast 42 on the Podfix Network. That's nice. You wish. <laughs> she was rough last night, children. Tara sounds like Sean Connery. Yes. <laughs> yes, always. Or is that just in bed? <laughs> just in bed. That's really weird. play. I go, Tara, Tara, talk dirty to me. Talk dirty. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> oh, my God. JL gets really turned on by Red, the hunt for Red October. <laughs> no, that's not true. Original James Bond. Okay, that's um, well, on that note, it's time for Podcast 42. Yay. <laughs> I always look for the inappropriate opening. I'm uh, I'm weirded out, and I'm Christopher DeVos. I'm Nicole Fassone. I'm Jadal Trosh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Laura. All right. Um, tonight's topic is the Ramones. Yay. Picked by JL. Godfathers of punk rock in America. That's right. But before we get into them, let's open up JL's beer cooler. JL Beer Cooler, it's cooler than you think. JL Beer Cooler, it's cooler than you drink. It's cooler than you drink. Yeah. All right, so uh, this beer you brought has a compass on it, so I can find a uh, home whenever I'm lost. That's exactly right. When you get lost in the Uinta Mountains, you can find Uinta Brewery. Mm-hmm. I really just like that it's called Baba. Baba Black Baba. Lager. Baba. And it's got a black sheep on it. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> Probably because it's the... I know nothing of this beer. It was given to me as a gift. Okay. And I was told that it's really good. So I saved it for the show. And I've been getting yelled at for approximately three weeks that I haven't tried the beer yet that I was given. Okay. D- does... Did you tell the friend we kind of we have a schedule and we have That's to work it? That's what I told it. her. Okay. But she's like, what do you mean you haven't tried the beer yet? And I go, I'm saving it for the podcast and I already have two beers over there, so I'm bringing it for the third show. Well, okay. I took my first sip. It has an interesting um, taste. What kind of beer is this? It's a black lager. Do we know what a black lager is? It's a lager that's black. But is it really? Somebody needs to get a glass. It says there is uh, on the side, it has little measurements of the level of hops, the level of malt, the body, and the color. And it is almost all the way to the dark side. So I guess it does. This would have been one of the good times to have a glass to pour it into. Just drink the rest of your sweet tea and then we'll figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, you can't rush the sweet tea, okay? Yes, you can. Nope. The way we talk, you can finish real quick. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I'm um, very proud of myself because I had an inappropriate joke that just came to the forefront of my lips and I swallowed it back down like it was like just a little bit of throw up in your mouth sometimes. <laughs> and there's really nothing you can do about it. And you just kind of choke it back down. And you grimace. It's exactly what I do with this joke. And you're proud of that? I'm very proud of that. Because normally it just gets spit out right onto the air. Oh. And, you know, normally it's the lady saying that to him. <laughs> oh. My goodness. Oh. Shut up, Sean Connery. <laughs> 
Wow. All right. Well, we'll come. Yes, we are. (laughs) We're angry like we're angry like early Ramones. Yeah, and our on-air sign's not on. Again. I don't realize that we're recording until that's on, (laughs) which is why we had inappropriate Sean Connery to start the show. Sean Connery in bed with you. (laughs) He's the big spoon. Well, uh, stay tuned to the end of the show to find out what we think of uh, this beer and maybe my inappropriate joke. But right now, it's time to get out your pens and papers and pencils. It's pop quiz time. Wait, do I need a pencil and a pen? Yes. Yes. Because knowing you, you're going to have to erase something. I already failed. (laughs) This pop quiz is called, I Want to Be Quiz Dated. Quiz Dated? That's not a word. It is now. It is now. It's a Ramones word. (laughs) Or... Here are some farmer things. Hey, ho, let us grow. (laughs) Really, Ramones fans will be dying over that. This is five general knowledge facts on the Ramones in order of the easiest to the hardest to test your knowledge. Score one point for each correct answer. Question number one. What was the title of the first Ramones album? The very first Ramones album. Now I got a little surprise for JL and Nicole. Laura's cheating. Laura just looked at her script. I don't think it's in the script. I'm still going to get it wrong, so it doesn't matter. Well, I'm looking just because I don't uh, trust her. Guys. It's, I don't know if it's in the script. I don't know. Leanne. But this is the second recording of this show, and the pop quiz has changed. That's the only questions that's the same. Really? See, how we can recorded, you yell at me for cheating when you've already done this? We've recorded about the Ramones before. Yeah, we recorded about the Ramones before. What do you mean? I don't pay attention. You don't well, we remember don't the Ramones? Wait, she's allowed to say it, but I get in trouble for yes, saying I'm not paying trouble. attention. She's been doing this longer than me. Question number two. <laughs> Between 1974 and 1996, how you many... You can't go back and look at your answers. It doesn't matter. They're not going to be there. Did you take them out? No. You just said. It's different questions. It doesn't matter if you go back. <laughs> 1974 and I just wanted to make sure my question was right oh crap I lost my spot that's what uh, you get cheaters I'm gonna edit all this out <laughs> no you don't I never do between 1974 and 1996 how many official members of the Ramones were there 74 to 96 how many different Ramones were officially part of the band question number three the Ramones debut album was recorded in what iconic New York building Hint, it's in New York, and it's a building. Wow, that narrows it down. Question number four. After leaving the Ramones in the late 80s, Dee Dee briefly, briefly took up a career as what? Jail gets this one correct. And question <laughs> can, number five. Can I see five. your answers? No, no, do, no, no, no. Because no, no. I answers. actually commented to somebody as I was coming here that I hope I get to play that version of Dee Dee. Wait, <laughs> can you repeat the questions? Yes, uh, Dee Dee left the Ramones. He's one of the founding fathers of the Ramones in the 80s, and then he decided to do this instead. If you can find a picture of him doing it, it's quite phenomenal. Yes, it's very lovely. Question number five. A member from another band took over as the Ramones drummer in 1987, adopting the name Elvis Ramone. But he was fired after two gigs. Who was he and from what band? You get a point for each. Who was he and from what band? <laughs> I, don't know. I, I have no idea. I don't know drummer's Hint. names. 
If you paid attention to the last time we recorded Which this I episode. Didn't. Clearly she's already admitted that she did. <laughs> I, I don't ever. This band was mentioned several times in that script. Although th- that script has been changed and it's not mentioned so much in this script. So I can't look It's been so script. long I forgot, so I'm just going to put down another iconic punk band. I'm going with the only drummer I know. Hint. So you put down Dave Grohl. I Hint. did. <laughs> I was going to, but then I'm like, that can't be the answer. But I, I didn't put Foo Fighters. I put I, I got another. I got another hint for you. No, I've already answered. It's I would pen. not consider this band punk. Oh, JL. Yeah, you're, you're sticking with it? Yes, I am. All right. Put down your pens, papers, and pencils. Erasers, pen caps, uh, protractors, uh, that triangle thingy that your mom bought for you when you were in grade school, but you didn't know what to do with. But we can keep holding our beers, right? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Question number one. What was the title of the first Ramones album, Laura? The Ramones. Really? <laughs> How uh, creative. Nicole. <laughs> the Ramones? Seriously? <laughs> Do you think they would name their first album that? Yes, a lot of people. A lot of bands do. All right. JL, what's the correct answer? Here come the Ramones. It's the Ramones. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> good, good red herring there. Question number two. Between 1974 and 1996, how many official members of the Ramones were there? Just write down a number. Write down any number. I was trying to be Will Ferrell in a... Uh, SNL Celebrity Jeopardy skit. Yeah, it was working. I got it. Okay. Somebody got got it. it. Okay. Just write down any number. Okay. JL, what's your number? Eight. Nicole? Nine. Laura? Five. Eight is the correct answer. Ah, I was so close. I'd like to thank you for mentioning Elvis Ramone because I was originally going to say seven. Ah. Number three, the Ramones debut album was recorded in what iconic New York building? Nicole? 30 Rock? JL? CBGB's. Laura. I went with the only iconic New York building I know. The Empire State Building? Yes, I went the Empire (laughs) State Building. That is wrong. It's Radio City Music Hall. That is interesting. I had a tour of it one time. It was really cool. I got to go on the stage and everything. They showed me where they kept all the animals for the Radio City Christmas show. And they said that it basically smells like animals throughout almost the entire year and then when the animal smell finally is gone that's when they're getting ready to do the Radio City Christmas show again and then all the animals are back. That was the weirdest story I've ever heard. (laughs) And that was the first time Nicole was ever caged up in Radio City Music. Caged up. Question number four after leaving the Ramones in the late 80s Dee Dee briefly took up a career as what? Laura? A hairstylist. A hairstylist. (laughs) Nicole. (laughs) I went for a funny answer. I said a librarian. A librarian. Uh, to revisit you, Laura, have you looked at any of the Ramones' hair? Yeah, all very long. <laughs> Just, hairstylists would probably be the hey, last it's, thing. No, in the it's 80s. It's like a punk Dutch boy. It was, it was totally 80s. I figured maybe other people in the 80s wanted it. <laughs> JL, what's the correct answer? He became a rapper. A rapper is correct. Oh. Like he, rap- he was a DD uh, French, wasn't it? I think. I don't know what it was. It's probably in there. I learned of that and then looked at it online and saw those pictures you're talking about. Yes, where he's got the giant boombox with the big sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> And question number five, a member from another band took over as the Ramones drummer in 1987, adopting the name Elvis Ramone, but he was fired after two gigs. 
Who was he? And from what band? Nicole. I didn't put an answer, but I'll just give an answer. Elvis Presley. <laughs> Elvis Presley. <laughs> Elvis Presley changed the name to Elvis Ramon. Yes. Yes. I think he was already dead oh, at this point. Oh, he was D.D. King. Well, D.D. King. Uh, That's why I didn't have an answer, but okay. I was trying to give a funny answer still. All right, and Laura went with David Grohl. Yes, from Nirvana, not Foo Fighters. Oh, okay, the David Grohl Nirvana. Yeah, that would make sense in Yeah, because, you know, the Dave yeah. Grohl from the Foo Fighters isn't the same Dave Grohl, right? No, <laughs> no, it's They're two not. different people. I'm just saying time frame. The Foo Fighters didn't exist yet. God. And jail. I chose Robo from Black Flag. At least, at least you're in the right genre. It was actually Clem Burke of Blondie. Clem Burke of huh. Blondie. Cool. We all did great you know, with that pop I, quiz. Now, as you say that, I remember us talking about that. Did we talk about that? I think we did on the last time we, we talked about this. Blondie a lot. That's yeah. where I was trying to go with the clue. All right. Well, let's get into. But I like the Talking Heads more. Talking Heads are cool. Let's get into the life and times of the Godfathers of American so, Punk. Hey, ho, let's go. Okay. Well, if Black Sabbath is too heavy metal, the Ramones are too punk rock, meaning that one could trace the roots of punk rock through the decades and pretty much end up at the Ramones right at the start of the movement. The Ramones are considered one of the most influential and important rock bands in history. They are ranked number 26 among Rolling Stones magazine's 100 greatest artists of all time and considered the second greatest band ever, surpassed only by the Beatles by Spin magazine. Some dare say the Ramones saved rock and roll. Like so many other great things, this legendary band started in the humble milieu of a suburban garage. John Cummings recalls, it was 1965, and my friend from high school, Thomas, and I started a band called the Tangerine Puppets. I really wanted to start the band. Like, I really, really wanted the band. Like, I really, really, really wanted this band. I also wanted to call it the Cucumber Puppets, but that was vetoed. Wonder why. There was this kid from Germany, Douglas Colvin, that liked the band, the Stooges. Well, no one liked the band, the Stooges and Queens. So we hung out with him, too, because, you know, the Stooges. I like the Stooges, too. Yeah, that's what I was saying. We all like the Stooges. Including me. It wasn't long before the trio also became friends with glam rock singer Jeffrey Hyman of the New York glam band Sniper. Jeffrey? <laughs> Thank you for the sound effect. That's how, whenever Sniper came on stage, that's how they got introduced. Oh, I got it. Like, well, now I know. Jeffrey? <laughs> yeah, but it was more like to like the good, the bad, and the ugly theme. Yeah. Oh. Cool. Oh, you remembered. Yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey was a bit of a loner, tall and lanky, and considered slow but very creative, and was recently thrown out of his band for being not glam, uh, being, being not, what are you doing? <laughs> do you do this on purpose? I didn't write that line. Do you do this on purpose? I didn't write that line. Thrown out of his band for not being glam enough. Yeah, I, he's being, not being glam he enough. Was, <laughs> Throw it out of his band for not being glam enough. This is my last show, everyone. There, you said that, that every show. You say that every show. Is that going to be your catchphrase now? <laughs> it's going to be my catchphrase Well, now. you know, we ditched Hi Nicole's mom, which Hi Nicole's mom, too. This She's is going to be my it. last show. <laughs> <laughs> I say Hi Nicole's mom still. I said Hi Nicole's mom. As I said, it's my last show. <laughs> All right, you're going to have to read that last line again in order. Do I have to? Well, in order for yes. this joke to land, yes. <sighs> Jeffrey was a bit of a loner, tall and lanky, and considered slow, but very creative, and was recently thrown out of his band for not being glam enough. 
She means ugly. He looks like Howard Stern's son. So we offered Jer- Jeffrey. I don't know why I was going to call him Jerry. <laughs> that's because we uh, interviewed this one guy, Jerry, beforehand. Oh, that's right. I remember now. So we offered Jeffrey a spot in our band as the drummer. Good looks was not a requirement. There's no light back there. Nobody has to see him, so we can hide the uggo back there. That's very true. Douglas decided that he why was Why are you best- laughing at me? <laughs> that's my Joey Ramon. <laughs> You're Sounds not just like here. him. I know, but I just I wanted to be part of the conversation, so I just jumped in, and then you started laughing at me. <laughs> Is it because I look like Howard Stern's son? Yes. Yes. That's not very nice. That's why I wear my hair over my eyes. <laughs> Go ahead, Nicole. I'm sorry. Douglas decided that he was best suited to singing and the guitar, the latter of which was also John's area of proficiency. Another friend, Richie Stern, joined as their bassist. Woefully, after only a meager few practices, the group became painfully aware of Richie's ineptitude with the bass. We had Douglas switch from guitar to bass, which left John on vocals. We could all switch instruments like that since we didn't know how to play them anyways. Inspired by Paul McCartney's use of the pseudonym Paul Ramone during the transitionary period from the Quarrymen to the Beatles, Douglas decided to borrow the idea. He pitched the notion to the rest of the band. I'm going to start calling myself Dee Ramone, and John and Jeffrey should call themselves Johnny and Joey Ramone, and then we could name the band The Smiths. Uh, Wouldn't the Ramones make more sense since, you know, we are all going with the last name of Ramone? Uh, Yeah, sure. Sure, whatever. They recruited another friend, Monty Melnick, to organize and schedule rehearsals for them at Manhattan's Performance Studios, which conveniently happened to be at Monty's workplace. Wasn't he busy doing that game show? Uh, what game show? What game show did Monty Hall do? <laughs> Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. Yeah, that game show. <laughs> that game show. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll take, I'll word take word. what's behind the curtain. And it's a goat. Oh. oh <laughs> <laughs> I like how you waited till I was drinking something to throw in a Monty Hall joke. <laughs> Anybody, anytime I hear Monty, I, I just think of Monty Hall. Doesn't Tom- matter who they are. Thomas moved into the Every role time. of the group's manager and soon encouraged Joey to become the band's lead singer, as it was too much of a struggle for Douglas D.D. to sing and play bass simultaneously. Seeing as how Jeffrey Joey had already been a lead singer for his own band, Sniper, the, the, switch was, <laughs> the switch made perfect sense. I found myself in a little bit of a predicament similar to the one Dee Dee had with the bass. I couldn't juggle singing and drumming all at once. I could sing fine. I could drum fine. But singing and drumming, not so fine. Not so fine. Thomas started taking auditions for a new drummer so Joey could focus on singing. He showed prospective drummers what he was looking for by going over the drum sets himself and seeing if his interviewees could replicate the sound the group was looking for. Could you stop talking? I'm trying to focus on singing at this moment. Okay, I'm sorry. That's because you're too busy playing the drums. First, I would play rat-a-tat-tat. Rat-a-tat-tat-tat. And then they would play rat-a-tat-tat. If they played rat-a-tat, 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 they were out. The band noticed that, despite having never played the drums before. Thomas himself was able to provide the precise sound necessary to complement their music. Thus, it was how Tommy Ramone officially joined the band. One night, we were rehearsing in Joey's mother's art gallery, because we got great sound there. Pictures, sound just went right off them. It was a fancy with all those paintings and uh, what's it called? Vases or vases or something like that? I think it's vase, vases. Yeah, the vase vase. We introduced the song uh, Judy is a Punk to the rest of the band. It was perfect. The way the melody and the harmony came together. 
This was our sound, our two minutes of sound. It was at this point that I decided to become serious about what this band could do. We no longer sounded like every other glitter rock band out there, so we ditched all that stuff. We had our own unique sound, our own unique two minutes of sound. That's what I said, two minutes of sound. I literally just said that. I know. I was just repeating it like uh, we do for the whole two minutes. I said it first, though. Oh, Yeah, Jerry. but then I said it. I'm like a chorus. Well, but I, but I just want to go on the record that I said first. That's fine. It's fine. I'll do all the writing. You do all the talking. Okay. <laughs> Tommy and Dee Dee used to go watch the New York Dolls whenever they were in town. The Dolls were very influential in how they dressed and their stage performance. It was the Dolls that the Ramones took their core from. We like the Dolls. That's even the if wrong they dress bear. Like weirdos. I'm sorry. What? It's the wrong there in that sentence. <laughs> wow. Grammar police over here. I know. Why you got to interrupt? I was talking about how the dolls dressed. Yeah, because... They dressed like weirdos and stuff. So, you know, we're going to switch. We're going to just wear leather, jeans, glasses, and slightly comb my hair. And I don't know if you know this, but it's an audio program. <laughs> <laughs> so, they don't see the words that we're reading. Oh, nobody, I know, but I will Nobody I will sees let the typos know. unless they want to buy it. But <laughs> you should go. It's on our Patreon. You can get it there. Yeah. Nice plug. <laughs> In comes the 70s and rock was changing. Donnie and Marie were topping the charts and rock was officially watered-downed. Clubs in New York were shut down due to this change. CBGB was one of the few clubs that still housed gritty rock and roll acts. We watched the band television perform at CBGB's one night and decided to audition as well. Hilly Crystal, who was the owner, told us that no one was going to like us, but he booked us anyway, probably because he was on drugs. At the band's first performance, they all came out on the stage wearing white jackets. They counted off the song, which would become their iconic introduction, and started playing. It was like a wall of noise coming from the small venue. We eventually stopped playing and threw down our guitars and walked off. I'm sure the audience, all ten of them were in shock, but I was like, screw them. We're the Smiths! The Ramones! Oh right, the Ramones! Two minutes later, the Ramones reappeared on stage, counted off again, and One, played, two, three, four. And played Blitzkrieg Bop for the first time to an audience. They played fast, loud, short songs, which were completely different than the Don McLean American Pie type songs that were taking over the airwaves. Yeah, that song's only like 24 minutes. Yeah. We can fit 12 songs in that time frame. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, though. We were an undeniable train wreck on stage. Sometimes when we start a song... Sometimes we'd stop a song. Who knew what we would do? We sometimes argued right on stage as to which songs we were going to play next, right in front of the audience. Not that it matters too much, because no one was going to the bars anyway to see the original bands anyway. Bars. That's right. The bars. Bars. I gotta go park my car. That's right. They only went to see cover bands. The audience was just other bands waiting to perform. You know, that's a very Boston accent, but isn't this New York? Shut up. I'm just saying. <laughs> See, this... Where are you from? I'm from New York. What part? Brooklyn. Yeah, sure. What? What do you mean, yeah, sure? He's doing Queens. That's right. Queens. <laughs> the bad pot. Yeah, that's <laughs> what you get. Ball. Yeah. See, this next line I'm about to read, I do remember, actually. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's amazing, <laughs> considering how much you have to drink during some of these and how you really don't pay attention at I all. I don't pay attention at all, and I do drink during Sorry, these. Sorry, we got to wake Laura up. She fell asleep. <laughs> One, two, three, go! <laughs> okay. Hi, guys. I'm here. <laughs> gaba, gaba, hey. Gaba, gaba, hey. <laughs> if an audience had, say, 20 people in it, four of them were the Ramones, five were from Blondie, and so forth. The other bands thought the Ramones were very standoffish and were not pleased with them on the bill most of the time. 
guess what? It was us that was bringing actual people who were not in bands. So put that in your two-minute song and suck it. I mean, rock it. (laughs) Rock and roll! Meanwhile, the big New York band at the time, the New York Dolls, failed to achieve commercial success, which brought a black, doom-inspiring cloud hovering over the city when it came to recording companies combing the place for new talent. CBGB decided to host a rock festival, which got a one-page article in Rolling Stone. The festival attracted a heaping 550 people every night. The real goal, though, was to draw manager Danny Fields to the show. Fields had worked for The Doors, The Stooges, and MC5. I eventually did make it to the show. I love the look, the quick songs, and the... You, that's my manager voice every single time. And the lack of guitar solos. No lie. I was interested in the Smiths. The Ramones! Oh, sorry, the Ramones. The band told me they needed a few thousand dollars for a drum kit. And if I could do that, then I was in. Guess what? I was in. (laughs) (laughs) That's the manager voice. Every time there's a manager, it's going to be that voice. Perfect. That's what a manager sounds like. Can JL be the next manager? No, JL cannot be the next manager unless he can do that voice. JL can do that voice. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. Fields knew the influential New Yorkers of the time, people like Andy Warhol and Linda Stein. Linda Stein's husband, president of Sire Records, also became interested in the group. After a 15-minute set they put on for him, they were signed on with Sire. Stein was determined to release great songs under his label, and the Ramones could certainly provide that. We were broke while recording our first album. While we all had to share a one-loft apartment, Joey snores, by the way. Snores in two-minute increments. (laughs) What? Of the 14 songs on the album, the longest, I Don't Want to Go Down to the Basement... Me either. ...was only two and a half minutes long. That would be Laura's theme song if we had basements in Florida. I hate basements. Oh, I thought the two and a half minutes long part. That's about how long she would last in the basement. (laughs) I can't even walk past the door in Chris's mom's house when we go up to visit her. It has to be closed or I can't walk by it. (laughs) Baba Duke. (laughs) I was the primary songwriter... Even though the credits went to everyone, I'm not bitter. I'm just letting you all know that. The entire album was produced on an extremely low budget of $6,400 and was released in April of 1976. The iconic album cover was taken by Roberta Bailey, a photographer for Punk Magazine. The Ramones' debut LP was a critical success, but not a commercial success, reaching only number 111 on the Billboard album chart. The two singles issued from the album, Blitzkrieg Bop, and I Want to Be Your Boyfriend failed to even chart. Which is amazing because Blitzkrieg Bop is such an iconic song. Yes. Hey, I know how to say that. You do know how to say that. You researched it. I know, and I still can't say it. (laughs) (laughs) But like you can go, you could talk to people who don't know the Ramones, but they would know Blitzkrieg Bop. They might not know the song title, but they know the song. They know the song, and you're like, oh, that's the Ramones. They'll be like, who? We had this conversation two days ago. Yes. That's, oh, I thought it was while I was stuck in traffic. <laughs> Save it for the pod. We, we eventually went on tour. In Youngstown, Ohio, we became friends with the band The Dead Boys. Guess what? They're not really dead. 
What? Mind blown. You guys aren't even really the Ramones I, I can't believe that. <laughs> the, the dead boys aren't really dead. Because I'll tell you, when we met the misfits, they really were misfits. I know. I remember that. But you said we were going to meet the dead boys. And I was expecting zombies. They weren't zombies. They talked and everything. No, no. That was a different band. Oh, okay. But it wasn't until they made a brief tour in England that they began to see success. A performance at the Roadhouse in London. You mean the Roundhouse. The Roundhouse. I'm sorry. Thank you. Roadhouse is a Patrick uh, Swayze movie, I believe. <laughs> I'm not sure because that came way later after our career. But they I wanted thought us it was to per- a steakhouse. You know, they actually <laughs> wanted us to perform in Roadhouse, but they said the fight scenes were longer than two minutes, so I had to tell them no. <laughs> I thought he would be much bigger than that. Well, anyway, a performance at the Roundhouse in London, second build to the Flamin' Groovies, I remember was a them. resounding success. <laughs> We've been members of the Sex Pistols and the Clash. That was cool. We also ate a meat pie. The Flamin' Groovy slash Ramones double bill was successfully reprised at the Roxy Theater in Los Angeles the following month, igniting the punk scene there as well. The Ramones were becoming an increasingly popular live act. Their next two albums, Leave Home and Rocket to Russia, were released in 1977. We got Tommy and Tony Bongvovi to produce it. They so happen to be the second cousin of John Bon Jovi. Who's their second cousin, man? Ooh. Leave Home charted lower than their debut album, though it did include the popular song Pinhead. I love that song. I wrote it. <laughs> this is one of the band's signature songs, and it's chanted refrain of Gabba Gabba, Gabba, Gabba Hey. That one. Rocket to <laughs> Russia, however, reached number 49 on the Billboard 200. Rolling Stone called it the best American rock and roll of the year. The album featured the first Ramones single to enter the Billboard charts at number 81, Sheena is a Punk Rocker, and the follow-up single, Rockaway Beach, which reached number 66. This would be the highest any Ramones single would ever achieve. Did you know I actually wrote Rockaway Beach while I was in Rockaway Beach? I've been to Rockaway Beach. Have you? Yeah, that's why I wrote the song. <laughs> I just said that. He just said that. He just said that. He just literally okay, said just, that. Two kind of, minutes ago, he said that. It was to that. the room I was asking, have you been to Rockaway Beach? I have not, Nicole. I have been there many times. I, best even, I don't there. even know where it is. It's I, in Queens. I don't think it's a real place. It is a real place. Did you know that there's a mattress company called Rockaway Mattresses that uses the song Rockaway Beach to sell their mattresses? <laughs> I'm still collecting royalties from them to this day. Even though they're all like rock, 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 rock away mattresses. <laughs> Even though you're if dead. If you want a good night's sleep, come buy a mattress from me. Uh, spoiler alert, you're dead. How can you still be collecting royalties? The family uh, is. <laughs> we haven't made it to that page yet. I'm okay. still alive. <laughs> Just checking. I'm not dead yet, all right? Okay. I'm not one of the dead boys. Okay. Not dead yet. He can still dance and sing. <laughs> I don't dance. I just sing. This isn't the Bay City Rollers. Which, speaking of the Bay City Rollers, that's where I came up with the idea for Hey Ho, Let's Go. So I'd like to thank the Bay City Rollers for inspiring me to write Blitzkrieg Bop. Oh. (laughs) It's been been your line for like 25 minutes. (laughs) Listen, listen. I got tired of just sitting here waiting and I got tired of touring. So I left the band in 78. Although I continued as the Smiths record producer. Ramones. Mark Bell filled his position as the drummer. Bell's resume included the bands Dust, Wayne County, and the Backstreet Boys. That's one band. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? 
That's one band. Wayne County and the Backstreet Boys is one band. Oh, that's sorry. not true. I just know that's the not true. Backstreet Boys. Wayne County was a country act, and then he filled in for the Backstreet Boys on live tours. All right, so let's start that over. Mark Bell filled his position as the drummer. Bell's resume included the bands Dust, Wayne one County, band. and the Backstreet Boys, one band. and Richard Hell and the Voidoids. One band. Voidoids. So Is that th- right? Yeah, yeah. there's okay. three bands. Okay. Got it. Okay. Even though there's like 17 words. And so many ands. Yes. Yeah, because eventually <laughs> he's going to go and play drums for the Misfits. Got it. Well, Bell would take on the name Marky Ramone. Marky Mark. Marky Mark. He was not part of the Funky Bunch. You know, we released Road to Ruin the same year. The album included some new sounds such as acoustic guitar ballads and our first recorded songs that were longer than three minutes it failed to reach the billboard top 100 because all the songs were you know a little longer than two minutes mm-hmm. however this is the album i want to be sedated is on and i know you know that one yes. laura do you know that one i do how does it go i want to be sedated <laughs> and that's all you know excellent that's all you have to know renowned record producer phil Spector became interested in the ramones and produced their 1980 album end of the century there is a long disputed rumor that while recording the album specter held johnny at gunpoint gun gunpoint <laughs> forcing him repeatedly to play a riff not a rumor despite this it would go on to be the highest charting album in the band's history reaching number 44 in the u.s and number 44 14 in the UK. Johnny was not happy with the album. Especially the gun to my head part. End of the century was just really watered down Ramones. It's not like the real Smiths. Ramones! Despite these concerns, Johnny did concede that some on, inspectors gotta, work with on. the band Wait, had merit. We got a question. Yes. Aren't I Johnny? No. Yes, I am. No. If you look over here, clearly once you give me a part again... <laughs> I am Johnny. Are you Johnny? I am Johnny. Oh, you are Johnny. <laughs> I was reading that as Joey. Okay. Well, no, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. I'll wait until I come back in and act two. <laughs> it's okay. Look, we're fighting just like we used to on stage, but this time we're doing it in the yeah, studio. This is just like the real Ramones. Oh, okay, so wherever it says... Parts. No, 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 Chris. No, wherever like it says... Johnny. No, I don't want to be Johnny. No, no, wherever it Johnny. says Chris Johnny, that's you. I'm not going to read it because it's you as Johnny that time. Hey, don't worry. The next page is Laura Johnny. <laughs> that must have been Johnny's wife. No, this was the hardest script to rewrite. All right, let's take it back and we'll edit all that out. Oh, no, we're leaving that in. No, no, we're leaving that in. I'm enjoying this. You have to be Johnny. No, you have to be Johnny. No, I am not Johnny on this page. You are. I do not come back until Act Two. Laura's on break. <laughs> it's my union break. Despite these concerns, whoever Johnny is did <laughs> concede that some of Spectre's work with the band had merit. Conceding. You did your generic man voice that wasn't pompous. <laughs> We have fun here. Okay. It really worked when we got to the slower song, like Danny says, and rock and roll radio is really good. For the harder stuff, it didn't work as well. Pleasant Dreams, the band's sixth album, was released in 1981. This album moved the Ramones away from punk and more into heavy metal territory. Pleasant Dreams was was a record company decision and a futile attempt to get airplay on American radio. Mexican, whoa, whoa. Radio. <laughs> radio. Whoa. 
Yes, American Radio. No. See, here's the problem. Here's the problem how this got screwed up in the script. Oh, boy. Let me hear it. You're taking it personal, but they have two names. They had their original name, and then they changed it to the Ramones name. So when going back, it was kind of hard to edit it correctly. The only person's name that changed is Dee Dee's. No, it was John No, they all changed their names. And Jeffrey became Joey. Only Joey was Joey, right? See, I'm not, I'm confused. No, it was, was Dee Dee. I don't know who he was before. Tommy and was Tommy. Thomas was Tommy. Yeah. John became Johnny. And Joey. Jeffrey was Joey. Jeffrey was Joey. Joey. And then Dee Dee was, was Douglas. Douglas was Dee Dee, yeah. But and there Nicole was, still, was the narrator. There was still <laughs> name changes. And Elvis was Elvis. Presley became Elvis Ramon. We learned that in the pop quiz. <laughs> what about CJ Ramon? There's a CJ Ramon? I think so. Well, there, there is, is now. He took over bass when <laughs> I left and became Still a rapper. One, two, three. Nicole, take it. Subterranean Jungle, the next album, brought the band back to where they <laughs> once belonged. Junkie 60s pop, adjusted for current tastes. Billy Rogers, who had performed with Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers, played drums on the album's second single, a cover of the Chambers Brothers' Time Has Come Today. This was the only song showcasing three different drummers, Rogers on recording, Marky on album credits, and Richie on video clip. Subterranean Jungle peaked at number 83 in the United States and would be the last album by the band to crack the Billboard Top 100. After Subterranean Jungle, we had a fire Marky. (gasps) He had a major he had major alcohol problems. Whoops. We replaced him with Richard Rein, Reinhardt. Yes, Reinhardt. Richie Ramone, which is easier to say, saved the band as far as I'm concerned. And he's the greatest thing to happen to the Ramones. He put the spirit back in the band and he also paid on Taco Tuesdays. Oh, I want free Double tacos on Taco Tuesdays. Richie also has the distinction of being the only Ramones drummer to sing lead vocals. Over the years, there were strong tensions between Joey and Johnny, which colored much of the Ramones' career. The pair were political opposites. I was a liberal and Johnny a conservative. Our personalities clashed. Johnny was a product of a military school and lived by a strict code. I also didn't like you because you wanted to be me. <laughs> Joey, Joey, on the other hand, struggled with obsessive compulsive disorder and alcoholism. Yeah, like remember that time that your girl went away and then Johnny took her? <laughs> yeah, that's coming up. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> we wrote a song about that. <clears throat> well, speaking of, in the 1980s, Linda Ramone began a relationship with Johnny after having already been romantically involved with Joey. Thanks for the salt in the wound. Despite worry. their continued professional relationship, Joey and Johnny be- uh, had become aloof. On July 20th, 1999, D, Johnny, Joey, Tommy, Marky, and CJ appeared together at the Virgin Megastore in New York City for an autograph signing. This will be the last Hang time. Hang on, Dee Hold on. <laughs> Joey, I just want to say, if you didn't pretend to be me this whole time, Maybe you're going to come after me. Whoa. But she went away for a holiday. She said she was going to L.A. Just saying. That's why she never got there. She never got there. You can never be me in the bed. That's not what she said. (laughs) I do Alex Trebek in the bed. (laughs) This is Jeopardy. (laughs) Everyone knows she likes Burt Reynolds. All right, Dee Dee. (laughs) And then Sean Connery came in and he just took her away. (laughs) Because that was the final straw. There could be only one. Dee Dee, put us back on track. You know, this would be the last time we, the original members of the group, appeared together without Alex Trebek, Burt Reynolds, and Sean Connery. (laughs) 
goes the sweet tea. <laughs> that's that's Alex Ramon, Bert Ramon. Oh, and Sean Ramon. And Sean Ramon. So you can't tell me to chuck the sweet tea and then make you laugh. Well, you know, it's okay because don't worry, it gets worse because Joey had been diagnosed with lymphoma and then he died from the illness on April 15th, 2001. R.I.P. Joey. Right before his solo album came out. Joey and Marky, who had been involved in a feud, decided to bury the hatchet and made up on the Howard Stern show beforehand. They did that because Howard looked so much like Joey, it felt like all three of them were there and Joey was the peacemaker. True story. <laughs> uh, who's next? That would be you. Hey, Laura. Johnny, it's your part. One, two, three, go. No. Turn the page. I'm not anywhere. Oh, here I am. <laughs> <sighs> That's why I had to take over for you. No, because I didn't lose my place then. It's been longer than two minutes. That's why she's lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought last week we said this was only a two-minute show. It was not until after Joey's death that I admitted to not giving Joey a call prior to his passing. Joey's death had a profound impact on me emotionally and put me into depression. Dee Dee had bipolar disorder and repeated relapses into drug addiction, which also caused significant turmoil. Tommy left the band after. I was physically threatened by Johnny, threatened with contempt by Dee Dee, and all but ignored by Joey. Stupid heads. New members would join over the years, but the band's image frequently became matters of dispute. Once on the Howard Stern radio show in 1997, Marky and Joey got into a fight about their respective drinking habits. On March 18, 2002, the Ramones were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, naming Dee Dee, Johnny, Joey, Tommy, and Marky. The band was truly honored, but it would have been a really big deal for Joey. Green Day played Teenage Lobotomy, Rockaway Beach, and Blitzkrieg Bop as a tribute. This ceremony would be one of Dee Dee's last public appearances, as he was found dead on June 5th, 2002, from a heroin overdose. Johnny, who had been privately suffering from prostate cancer, soon died on September 15, 2004. On the same day as Johnny's death, the world's first Ramones Museum opened its doors to the public in Berlin, Germany. In February 2011, the group was honored with a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. Marky declared, This is amazing! I never expected this! I'm sure Johnny, Joey, and Dee Dee would never have expected this. Yo, Gabba Gabba! I'm the ghost of Dee Dee, and it's Gabba Gabba, hey, you idiot! Oops, sorry! But few would have expected the Ramones' first album to become certified gold on April 30th, 2014, selling 500,000 copies a mere 38 years after its release. And that is the Rocky. That's the Ramones. Ramones script and history. <laughs> the second time I just toss it <laughs> on the floor. That's what happens when you have it plugged into a wall and it's like on tension with the charger. All right, well, let's do the fishbowl facts for Ramones. Starts with you, JL, since it's your topic. Let's do it. Fishbowl facts. These are uh, random facts we're going to pull out of an actual fishbowl. But there's no water in the fishbowl. No. So it's just a fishbowl. So it's random. But the facts are floating at the top. Are they? Yeah, it's like bobbing for apples, but instead you're bobbing for facts. <laughs> <laughs> the longest song the Ramones put out was Bye Bye Baby from Halfway to Sanity in 1987. It was an epic, four minutes and 35 seconds long. Wow. I have a question. Are these the same fishbowl facts as the last time we recorded? No. It? I was just, you know, you, you said the quiz was different. I was wondering about the facts. There's not a- I know, Circle, it's my turn. Got it. The Ramones released a Christmas song titled Merry Christmas, I Don't Want to Fight Tonight. It was on Brain Drain in 1989. It wasn't Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays? 
No. Merry Christmas. The absolute shortest Ramones song is the instrumental track Durango 95 from Too Tough to Die in 1984. It's on and gone in 55 seconds. Wow, that is... One, two, three, four! Done. Pete Townsend from The Who sung guest backing vocals on Substitute from Acid Eaters in 1993. And Sebastian Bach from the heavy metal band Skid Row sung guest backing vocals out of time, also on Acid Eaters. Sebastian Bach's awesome. In 1980, maybe. Uh, It was the late 80s, and actually Skid Row didn't really hit till like 92. But Dee Dee quit the Ramones and released a rap album named Standing in the Spotlight. Did he release it under Dee Dee Ramone? No. He went incognito with the name Dee Dee King. Wow. Did you print the same one twice? No, that was like when I changed the pop quiz, that was a fishbowl fact. So we already know that one. (laughs) (laughs) So it's your turn, Laura. The Ramones toured for 22 years straight. Fishbowl facts. Do you know who the Ramones did their... Sorry, go on. Do you know who the Ramones did their last tour with? Skid Row. They opened up for White Zombie. Interesting. I was just going to say, I saw... What was the name of the Ramones' last album? What? You poured the beer. Oh, I don't know. Oh, yes, I did. Adios Amigos. Nice. So much happening right now. Do you have- I'm producing fishbowl facts since he put the same one in twice. Yes. Okay. So you, you have don't the last have a one. I don't have one. Okay. Because so it ended up being in the pop quiz. No, winter? you can read it. Okay. Um, the Ramones appeared on The Simpsons in fifth season episode Rosebud from 1993. They are hired by Smithers to play at Mr. Burns' birthday party. Afterward, Mr. Burns orders have the Rolling Stones killed. I feel like I read this fishbowl fact the last time we did this show. Oh my God, maybe. Oh Happy my birthday, you maybe. old bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and those are our fishbowl facts. So I actually saw Marky Ramone perform. Did oh, you? Yeah? He Where? toured with the Misfits during the Misfits anniversary tour back in like 2001. And... <laughs> They did a 45-minute set with Robo from Black Flag, who played with the Misfits on the Earth AD album, where it was all Misfits songs. But then for the second half of the show, they brought Marky Ramone out, and they did 45 minutes of just Ramone songs. Hmm. Do you know out of everybody in this room, I'm the only one that understood anything you said? I know. Accurate. I then (laughs) met them after the show, which was great. Oh, that's cool. I like the Misfits. They're good. Cool. Fun. Uh, well, we got blank stares. So <laughs> I've got nothing to contribute, so yes, blank stare. Why don't we uh, rate By the time Nicole gets into the song, it's over. Yes. Oh, let's not rate the beer yet. We have uh, a couple phone calls. We do? Yep. Uh, we asked for your input on our Facebook group and Twitter, and um, last minute, we got a couple phone calls. <gasps> What's our phone number in case people want to call? 867-5309. Nobody it, really that is not our call. phone number, so please do not call that phone number because... That's what you'll call for a good time. For a good time call. <laughs> is that is that how the song goes? Yes. Is it really? Yes. Yes. Oh. Because I, I saw don't her think number. I've ever heard the song. I saw her number <laughs> written <laughs> on the wall. I just know how that... for a good time call. I just know how the tune goes when they're singing 867-5309. But I don't know anything else in the song. Just like you don't, you just know I want to be sedated. That's all no, you know. I know there's it's something about 24 hours or 20, something 20, like that. 2024 hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be sedated. Okay, so what's our phone number if you want to call about any of our future topics? It's 813-708-9717. So this first call is from um, Paul, and he is the host of the award-winning uh, Varmints podcast. Cool. So here's what Paul. award did he win? Being awesome. I don't 
remember what award it was, but it was a, a, a like a viewer voted award. So it was or a listener voted award. So that's pretty impressive. Viewer's choice for best up and coming podcast. There you go. <laughs> so it here's the official. It yeah. does, but viewer. Yeah. Yeah. Viewer. Okay. They, they look at the podcast. Viewer's they choice awards. To them. They just look at them. They just look at the cover art. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very prestigious. <laughs> here's Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, this is your buddy Paul, uh, and you wanted people to call in and talk about the Ramones, so that's what I'm doing. Um, they're one of my favorite bands ever, one of my favorite bands ever. I mean, they were responsible for a lot of the music that I grew up with, which is punk rock. Um, I don't know if punk rock would be quite the same without them. I love them for their simplicity. I mean, it's basically the same three chords and the same tempo for every song, but I mean, it's their formula. They don't mess with it, and it's really good. They talk about serious situations in a way that is kind of funny and cringy. It's like the musical version of Cards Against Humanity. You know, they talk about war, and they talk about, like, uh, where a happy family is about, you know, less than a less than ideal family life. But they do it in such a funny way that you don't realize what they're saying until later on when you look at the lyrics. Um, not my favorite band of all time, but right up there um, because they're so, they've been so influential on other bands that I, that I love. I get on a Ramones kick about once a year while I'll listen to nothing but the Ramones for about a week. And you guys have gotten me to that point because you wanted me to call in. So now I'm listening to a lot of Ramones songs. And I think my favorite song of theirs probably is Beat on the Brat because it's just so over the top and and dumb and it's just the lyrics are beat on the brat beat on the brat beat on the bat I'm sorry beat on the brat with a baseball bat that's it (laughs) I love the Ramones and uh, I hope other people do too because they're awesome have a good show so there you go thank you Paul um, you were singing. You were singing the lyrics with him when yeah. he was on the phone call. <laughs> beat on the brat. Beat on the brat. Beat on the brat with a baseball bat. Oh yeah. I'm not familiar oh, yeah. with that one. Oh. I know most of the Ramones' greatest, but I don't know. I don't know like the. I don't think I've ever listened to a full album, but I, you know, I know Sheena's a punk rocker and Don't Go Judy Down to the Basement punk. and Judy's punk and Bits Creek Pop. Did you ever see Rock and Roll High School? Rock, 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 and whole high school. I mean the movie. I have seen bits and pieces of it. I've seen the Breakfast Club. Is that high school musical? No, it's better. It's It was pre-high school musical. Oh my gosh, do you know what I just watched today? It's what high school musical is based on. No, I just watched the South Park episode about the high school musical, and I could not stop laughing the whole time. 10 years late on that. I know, I'm 10 years late on everything. What else is new? But it was so funny the whole time. I was just dying of laughter. All right. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I've been singing Salt Lake City from the Book of Mormon because of where the beer comes from. (laughs) That is what's been going on in my head all day. This is a In Our Head musical podcast. (laughs) All right. We got one more call. Hey, this is Bruder calling about the Ramones. Uh... 20, 20, 24 hours to go. I want to be sedated. Nothing to do 
Nowhere to go. I want to be sedated. I hate your show. I like Gravity Beard. Well, at least he didn't hate the Ramones. Bruder sounds like he's been sedated and he's on his way to dreamland. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. Maybe he's a teenage lobotomy. I thought he was pretty pleasant for him for this phone call. Because he was sedated. Normally, he's a a lot lot more ruder than that. Because he's Bruder. The Ruder. (laughs) (laughs) Ruder. All right, well, let's get into the beer. Oh, we already did that. Did we? Oh, yeah, we we did. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. We didn't rate it. We no, we didn't rate it, it but we've been, it. But we we got into it. it. Oh, well, yeah. Yep, thanks Sorry. For, yeah. Thanks for catching up. I, th- oh. I thought you were talking about going over the beer rating, and I was like, we didn't do that yet. We were waiting until after. If only she calls. paid attention. I do pay attention. That's why I corrected you. All right. Well, while you're talking all those words, tell us what you thought of the beer. Tell. Well, remind us what it is, it and is then tell us what you thought. Uinita. Uinta. Uinta. Baba Black Lager. It is from Salt Lake City, Utah. It is low on the hops, uh, about 75% on the malt, light body, and dark color, as we see from Laura, who graciously finished her sweet tea so we could see what it looks like poured into a glass. It definitely has the coloring of a porter. They brewed it with renewable power, wind and solar power. Um, I did look it up. It is 4% ABV, so it is pretty low. But when you think about it, it is pretty high for Utah beer. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, It's got... (laughs) If you're going to rate our beers, if you want to go by our rating system here at Podcast 42, it's one out of six. Out of drinkability, flavor, how much you like it, having nothing to do with the alcohol content. Could you drink one of them or up to six of them out of a six pack. That's how we rate our beers. In case anybody was concerned or questioning what these ratings We're are. We're just questioning what is your rating. She's still drinking it, so she's undetermined. No, because I was talking, so I needed to take a fresh sip. I actually really enjoy it. I like the maltiness and the coloring is really good. I think the flavors are pleasant. It's a really nice can. I mean, did you rate the label? No. Because you normally rate the label at the beginning. Um, I love the label. It's a six. It's a good label. It's a funny name. Everything about it is actually pretty pleasant to me. He didn't think it was a bad label. If I were in the mood for a malty, dark beer, I would give this a six. I really enjoy this one. So is that only in the mood or is that your rating rating? For this type of beer, I give it a six. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. Oh my god! I mean, she probably wouldn't buy it again, but no, if I, she wanted a multi beer. But if she was in the mood for like, it, it'd be she a would. Six. I don't think so. I don't, I don't when usually, she's not in the mood, it's a six. <laughs> I don't like it, but it's a six. So this is a, this is a lager, but it kind of has the tastings of a porter. No. No, not at all. Really? At you all. don't think so? No. no, I think it's a pure lager. Not even close. Well. But it's a six. We're going with six. I like it. If you're not in the mood, it's a six? Yes. If, if okay. I'm not in the mood. Are you in the mood? I'm in the mood. It's good. Yeah. I like it. Do you need Sean mood. Connery? Oh, Find you a need a little shot in there. I will go next. Um, when I first opened it up and drank it, I was unsure. But the more I drank it, the more I liked it. 
It's really good. If I'm in the mood, it's <laughs> it's going to be a five. Five for me. If I'm not in the mood, it's a five and a half. If you're not in the mood, it's a higher rating? Yes. Okay. You figure it out, Laura. All right. Well. Or you like getting put in the mood. <laughs> Everyone Suck does. it, Trebek. Shuck it. I also initially did not think I was going to like it. Um, but a couple slips into it. Yeah. It's, it's okay. It's Especially okay. with Sean Connery sitting across the table <laughs> from me. Um, but I would only give it a two. Then you're not really interested. Have you rated anything higher than a two since we've done this? Probably not. Okay, just checking. Because I so feel like picky. they're always IPAs. They have not been IPAs. They They've been have. American Pale Ales. I've no, only well, given you one IPA, and no. that IPA was infused okay. with maple syrup, and your husband loved it, so I consider I it a success. I wasn't here for that one. Yeah, she wasn't here I for that one. I didn't have well, a maple syrup Too bad syrup there's one. one in the fridge. You should have it. Okay, so. well, maybe I will. But you, like, my first show was Genesee. So yeah. okay, really we'll end. give you a break on that one because like, <laughs> there, there's our. Useless. But I think oh. that one was like the best Genesee we ever yeah, had. Yeah, was the was the uh, grapefruit coal. It was yeah. the best one ever. That was the best Genesee ever. Which I think we all gave a solid three. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> which is like a ten. <laughs> if you're in the mood, it's like a twelve. Oh, Sorry, God. Laura. Shut up. I brought beers at you like a wrecking ball. That one. It was just like I went at you full force right you away. Did. It's like, oh, here's Genesee. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I, I expected somebody else here when I uh, brought the beer that week. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. So two. Yeah, I two would give it a Laura. two. I, I don't like overly hoppy beers, which this isn't, but I still don't like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I don't like overly hoppy saying, beers. Well, with your stupid but this pale ale that you like to bring. At most, I have to give it a two, even though it fits all the qualifications <laughs> no. of every beer that I like. It doesn't. <laughs> I don't like IPA, so I'm giving this lager a two. I'm not racist, but I don't like this black lager, so I'm going to give it a two. I did not say that. She did not say that, for the record. On Martin Luther King Day. Day. I Seriously. can't believe You know what? That was you, JL. You didn't even do a good impression of me. Try better next time. I'm sorry. I, I try not to do an impression of you. I only try and pick on Nicole. Always. All right, Bruno. Try. It comes naturally. Brewmaster JL, what, what's your rating? Six. Good yeah. flavor, remarkably smooth, even though it says it's very malty. Uh, it has a very good flavor to it. Could do with a little more hops, but I like hoppier beers. But overall, great flavor. Not a horrendous aftertaste. No, not at all. Remarkably smooth for a black lager. Mm-hmm. So have you ever tru- had another black lager? Yeah. What? <laughs> We'd have to review the shows. <laughs> we might have, yeah, we probably had a black lager. I'm pretty sure we have, but... But this is like show 80-something. Yeah. It's very good. True lager. Good, smooth. Could definitely drink six of these. Speaking of which, if you would like to review what we have reviewed, it's on our website at podcast42show.wordpress.com. We have a list of all the beers and all the ratings, including all of your twos. Laura. Well, then you would know last week was a definite big fat zero. Oh, that's right. It was a zero. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one was a donation. Yes. Thank you to the person who uh, brought it for us because at least two of us, three of three, us, three, three of us yeah. highly, highly enjoyed it. Did they want to remain anonymous? It was Zoe. Okay. Thank you, Zoe. <laughs> we appreciate it. I just wasn't sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, Nicole, where can you find us? You can find us everywhere you find podcasts. You can find us on Spreaker specifically. <laughs> Shut up. 
What's going on? I almost dropped my phone again. again. (laughs) (sighs) Find us on Spreaker specifically because they pay us. But anywhere you find podcasts, including Spotify, including iTunes podcasts, uh, you can find podcast 42 just make sure to type the numbers for two and that also applies when you want to email us at podcast 42 show at gmail.com if you want to interact with all of the hosts on our facebook page we are the official podcast 42 show group page it will ask you a couple of questions like how you heard of us and we will accept you either way I don't so, interact. I'm socially antisocial. You are not. You interact on the you page. You interact more on the page than you do on your own personal profile. I do. So do I, because yeah. I don't post anything on my profile for the most I part. I enjoy our group more than I enjoy posting. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. We post a lot of memes, a lot of funny things, a lot of interactive uh, conversations about pop culture stuff. So find us on the official Podcast 42 show group page. Chris also said podcast42show.wordpress.com. I also said podcast42show at gmail.com. Uh, network. That's everything. Oh, we're on the Podfix Network, where you're going to find uh, lots of amazing podcasts. If you want to hear about some of them, you can listen to our Podfix mixtape episode from a couple of weeks back and get a little preview of each one if you're looking for something new to listen to. Um, as long as you stay loyal to our show, we'd appreciate that. <laughs> if you would like to, <laughs> are you nervous? No, stay loyal. I'm just, but I'm, I'm broaden your horizons yes. on other podcasts. <laughs> I'm vamping, but stay loyal. Yes, you know I find that the average podcast listener probably listens to about ten shows. Someone who's pretty, probably pretty dedicated to podcasts. And, this is too, if I went and how many are on the Podfix network shows. right now? What's that? How many are on the Podfix network? I would probably guess about 10, maybe 12. Well then, hey, I hope we make the cut since they only listen to 10. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's some people that listen to tons of shows and they burn through all the shows and they're constantly asking um, for suggestions for other shows. So it's a pretty big growing medium. It's getting to be really huge. I, um, the yeah. whole the whole industry. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Most of mine are basically news based, though, just to keep current. Um, I will count how many I religiously listen to, and I will get back to you for next week. I probably listen to probably ten religiously. I would yeah. say. Yeah. Um, if I don't listen like to our to, show. Neither do I. <laughs> that shows, though, I think. Neither does Laura. <laughs> Hi, no. I, I'm still here. Yeah. Hi. I've actually listened to each episode about four times. Well, yeah, because you're editing it. That's why. Okay. If you would like I to. I listen to our show. If occasionally, you would like to call us. Yeah. And engage with our show um, orally. Ha. Uh, <laughs> hi, hi, Nicole's mom. Hi, Nicole's mom. If you would like to leave us a voicemail, we do have a phone number set up. You can call about the topics that we will post what we are looking for voicemails for. But if you just want to call us for any reason, leave us a voicemail. Our phone number is 813-708-9717. So call us. Drop us a line. Tell us what you're thinking. Tell us if there's a topic you want us to cover because we're always looking for uh, topic ideas, suggestions. Sure. What the people want to hear. We are here 
to help you hear what you want to hear. Okay, well, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> Let's end the show. I'm Christopher DeVos. I'm Nicole Fasone. JL Trose. I'm Laura. Bye. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Adios. Sayonara. Hey ho, we're done. Let's go. Yo, Gabba Gabba. It's Gabba Gabba Hey, you idiot. Oh yeah. <laughs>
argue with you about something. I, I loved your number, but I couldn't understand a word you said. Did it, did, do you yes! people understand? We don't sing words, just sounds. It's all telepathy, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. So they have to get it just by osmosing the whole... They osmosed it in. You started back in the mid-70s. I want to know... I was going to type out a lyric sheet for you tonight. But... I have it. We want the airways. Um, the, this business is killing me. The Ku Klux Klan is stealing my baby away. Yeah. And, uh, um, teenage lobotomy. Uh, yeah. You got it all. Yeah, I got right, it. Right. I got it. And, you, and you're doing really well with it. But you started punk, kind of. Well, well, we consider consider it a genuine rock and roll, you know, from the gut, you know. Rock and roll was meant for punks, and uh, that's it started. I guess Elvis Presley started in the mid fifties. You know? Yeah, but punk is an answer to all the glitter and the stuff that costs a lot no, of money. No, uh, punk is just uh, a rebellious rock for all kids, uh, all over. I mean, real rock and roll is punk. Not a bunch of old men playing music for your mothers and fathers. And that's what you have now. It's what they call rock. For instance. Uh, sticks. <laughs> yeah, sticks, Kansas, Farna, stuff like that. Your parents should listen to this. And is it is it mellowing? My out? mother doesn't even listen to that. <laughs> she thought your mother's more hip than that. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. It's just uh, they just want to clean up music and just push Pat Boone and push mediocrity on the uh, <laughs> on the public. So you're back to your tattered jeans and your sneakers and um, your leather jackets and nothing fancy. And just well, we just want to be real. We want to be ourselves and not. Uh, Put on a bunch of phony clothes. Yeah, but wait a minute now. Is this real? Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, we wore we wore what we always wore. Yeah, no, but isn't this a uniform too? I mean, look, you all we have the same jacket on. We went over it when we started the group. We were talking about what we were going to wear. Uh huh. You know, when we started thinking about it, and we just decided to wear what we had. This is what we were wearing before we were in the band. <laughs> we were thinking of getting dressed up and all that, too, you know, and then we decided not to. Cause all, the, all the big rock stars are wearing what we wear now, like Billy Joel, they're wearing their leather jacks and Queen and... They're uh, trying to be the Ramones, too. Right. And, and all those stars. <laughs> the Sex Pistols, The Clash, those groups in England went beyond, really, what you're doing as far as becoming very politically, yeah, that's, politically that's, uh, violent, safety pins through their they cheeks. They didn't do those things. They were just bands that wanted to play rock music too. It's just uh, uh, a fashion started from clothes stores and uh, the public just, media just picked up on a few assorted people. Yeah, how the media's into sensationalism. And, and just showed them. Uh, the, right. the Clash and the Sex Pistols don't wear those things. Hey, Joey, can you look up and, I mean, with your hair like this, see, could you get in a, in a car accident real bad? I mean, you could get hit by a bus. Right, right, Well, you know, I've had a, a few scrapes there, you know, but I met, I've, I think God's on my side tonight. <laughs> That's dangerous. And then you got yes. the glasses besides. Yes. And right, right. But you, you guys have to have fun with it. You have a sense of humor about the whole thing, right? Well, rock's meant to be fun. Right. <laughs> the man says without a smile on his face. Are you laughing? No. With us or at us or know, you know? <laughs> well, no, I'm kind of worried about you, Joey. Uh, well, I'm pretty no. happy myself. <laughs> Are you? I've been waiting two years to be on this show, you know? <laughs> feel about, about um, the, the bands that you really inspired back in the mid-70s, like Blondie and these people, that have, in a sense, commercially eclipsed you. Does that make you mad at all? No. I mean, they, they took that way to do that and play, you know, disco music and things like that to make it. Uh, we do what we believe in. We have our integrity. And we're happy doing what we do. The only band yeah! that's... Stuck to, to its original ideals, you know. Everybody else took the easy route, you know. Everybody else either went 
the sound of Bruce Springsteen, like Elvis Costello and people like that, or uh, or they want disco, or they want reggae, or something like that. We're the only band that stuck to our, our, our genuine, our original idea, you know. And Which was hard-driving rock and that's roll. What, that's what uh, rock and roll is all about, you know. Yeah. I mean, we're not mad. We're just we're doing what we want to do, and we're happy doing this. And you're making some money, right? Obviously. I mean, yeah. there's there's room for everybody. There's no reason to shut out one kind of music, you know. There's room for everybody, you know. What about radio? You what guys have said, well, you guys have said that you're not thrilled about. Do you get a lot of airplay? No. Why not? Because radio is like television, and all they want to do is push <coughs> crap on the, the public. <laughs> Not this show. This show is one of the better shows on television. I'm talking about... I mean, I'd say something bad about this show, too, but I just feel that way. I mean, I'm just talking well, about situation show, comedies and things like on, that. If that's what you're right. Yeah. I'm talking about situation comedies. But what about like radio? radio? Yeah, that must make you mad, like because you really... Yeah, you really thrive. I mean, you survive on, on airplay, don't you? You need that to sell your records, so... Yeah. Well, it helps. Radio, radio, radio just turned into a big business. It's, uh, you know, just pushing mediocrity and uh, just like, um, it's, it's uh, just all they care about is money now. Like, take the 60s, it was definitely the most innovative time in, in the history of rock and roll and radio, where they play everything and they look for new things to play, and the DJs were the hip people, and they turned us onto the Beatles and various people like that. I mean, nowadays, uh, you know, the DJs could care less. It's just a salary, you know, and it's just radio's totally sterile, you know. it's. Uh, they play their hippos. You don't also, really need it, though. Really? We we haven't had it, and we we're getting along just fine without it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and kids, kids, don't, just because there is no radio doesn't mean that kids have to be stuck uh, with mediocrity and not thinking. They just have to discover things on their own, whether it's us or anyone else. You know. Do you write all your own stuff? Yeah. Well, we've done a few covers by some of the, some other people too. Mm -hmm. But mostly we write our own songs. Phil Spector did one of your albums. Yeah, That's he produced back. one. Yeah. What have you got in the future? Well, What's our new album out? just came out, Pleasant Dreams. It mm -hmm. came out a, a month ago. And uh, we're just touring America right now. We'll be going to the Midwest this coming month. And How do you do you... in the Midwest? Oh, very good. It's a good place. Do those people understand what you're about? Oh, yeah. They have kids, are, kids are the same everywhere. I mean, basically, if you want to come and have a good time and be entertained. And, uh, so, you know, everywhere's the same. It's the kids in the, in, the, in the suburbs, like the Midwest, that are really kind of cheated because, uh, you know, a lot of people don't go over there. You know, like we hit all the nooks and crannies, you know, whereas the big, a lot of the big men just play all the mm -hmm. 20,000 Civic auditoriums in the country, and we don't, you know, we play for the people, you know, whereas they play for uh, the money and, uh, they could care less if the kids can dance or see. You know, or if the bouncer breaks their head, they don't. They can, they can yeah. Care less, you know? Well, actually, uh, you, you know, you know, I've seen these big bands come through, and these these big we groups see them go like by say, them, you know? yeah, they come by, and they have they have nine thousand people following them. I mean, you don't need all that money anyway. You don't put it into clothes. I mean, <laughs> but we we don't go out to the Midwest and really shock anybody we're just the same as they are we're we're not we may be a group based out of new york but we're all kids from queens we're suburban people and we have the same problems that everybody else has in detroit or in ohio or anywhere else and we got stuck kids Levi's, are relating so, yeah. to us <laughs> but you do the ramones thanks very much for coming uh, down you sure you're okay joey yes, yes, I'm, I'm oh, sure. all right okay thanks very much they started out in a pink store and they've there we go. 
Last month, a Minneapolis...